Hello, hello, hello. Welcome along to Benchcast. I'm your host, Neville Dunhu. Today I'll be talking to former Kerry footballer, Kieran Donny. He'll be talking about his Kerry career and talking about one of his other passions, basketball. This show is thanks to McCarthy's Interiors. They're based in Douglas Court and Ballyconnig Shopping Centre. Make sure to check them out on Facebook and Instagram for more great offers. Kieran, how are you? Neville, how are you? How are you keeping? I'm not too bad. First off, thanks a million for coming on the show and uh, I hope you're keeping well with COVID and all that. Not too bad, yeah, not too bad. No, thanks for the God, we're, we're, we're surviving okay. Nobody's been majorly sick uh, close to me or, 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 or that, that I know of. So, um, yeah, that's that's all we want to stay away from more than anything else. Yeah, how's uh, how's it? How's life like now that you're, I suppose no one's playing sport at the moment, but that you've stepped away from the county scene now a few years and um, and you've, how many do you have in the family now? You have a nice family. We, I follow you there on Instagram. Yeah, I have three, three girls now, so uh, they keep you fine and busy, Neville. Uh, you don't, uh, yeah. uh, when, when, when Ruby, the newest arrival, came home there, um, maternity leave was, was no joke for the first few weeks for Hillary because obviously the other two were at home, they couldn't be in school, so um, that, was a, that was a busy time, but um, we've coped well enough, thank God, my, our, my mom is in our bubble, so she's been able to help us out because obviously I've been working because we're we're building pitches for uh, schools through essential services. So I, I've been kind of full on. So thankfully my mom has been able to jump in and help. Uh, and that, that certainly makes things easier when, um, when Nan, Nan comes to the rescue, it takes, takes a bit of pressure off that. I can assure you. Yeah. I, I'd say so. Um, I, I actually play a bit of rugby with Sunday as well. And we train out of Musgrave park and one of the lads said one of the nights that did you do the AstroTour for us? Were you involved with that? Yeah, we built a pitch for 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 Munster. Yeah, we know the, the Sunday as well there and, and Dolphins and on the other side. Um, yeah, we did the pitch for for Munster rugby in two thousand and eighteen, uh, and it's been a huge success actually. The carpet that we've used in there is now being sold all around the world. Um, right. On the back of that pitch, it was it was a brand new product for that pitch because Munster were covering the surface for concerts. Uh, so we wanted to make sure the fibres were strong enough that when they flattened them with, with the boardings for people to stand on out in the pitch for the concerts, that when they lifted them, that the, the, the fibre would stand back up um, after being trapped for three or four weeks. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, 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 been a, that's been a nice job for us. But actually, when, they were, when we were testing it for World Rugby, it was, it was the year of the real hot summer. Do you remember the real hot summer? Yeah. And we, we took them out to the, to, the, to the natural pitches out the back. It, it was August and we said, let's, can you test them there? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they did the effective, the, the weight test that drops. And it was like playing, he said, it'd be like playing on the road. And I said, there's a good job that, that it's a winter sport and we play it here in the winter. Uh, so they'll it, be fine when that time of year comes around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's definitely a massive job. Like you can see now, you can play 100 games on it a weekend and you get away with it. Like, you know, so. I think they were 50, I think they were getting 50 games a year there. And I think they got 100. And, 84 or something the, the first year after was installed so it, it, it has certainly made their life a bit easier uh, down there and the, the Six Nations under 20 games happened down there too and, and getting good feedback on them so yeah thankfully yeah. thankfully all going well and I suppose finally what other projects you've coming up then Kieran what other pitches are you going doing and We've we've got a nice job going on in the UK at the minute over in Barnet FC in the in in the uh, in the Hive. It's, right. it's a big project over there. It's two full size FIFA pitches and and eight cages. So that's yeah. that's a big job going on. And uh, we just finished uh, Moat Community College a full size soccer pitch there for Desi Dolan above there. So um, that's been that's been a, a, a big a big success for us as well. We had. Mm-hmm. A, 
with 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 parts of it, but um, it's it's turned out fantastic. And uh, so yeah, look, you've you've kind of jobs that are that are we, we're doing jobs that could be a small national school could be building a, a thirty meter by fifteen meter little astro for their kids to be out on, uh, and you're going right from there to to projects like that size that we have over in, in the UK. So there's there's a great. Uh, uh, I deal with an awful lot of people from 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 people in, in national schools that might have a clue what they're doing to dealing with engineers and architects over on big projects in, in the UK. But you're all all you're trying to get is that they have somewhere that they can play all year round. I think that's the yeah. that's the main goal of what we're about. Definitely. Um I suppose the question I ask you as well is that uh we share something in common. We're both Chelsea fans and um but I think you being a Chelsea fan got you in trouble one year, did it? I kind of found that as a funny enough story, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it did. It got me in trouble. It certainly did. Um, I used I used Paul Galvin was my pawn to try and get me out of trouble, but that didn't work either. Um, it, it, it was a weekend where we we trained on a Friday. Uh, it was the week before Munster semi final against Tipperary. We trained on the Friday, and we were training on the Monday. And of course, you get your schedule at the start of the week. So it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then we're going to give you the weekend off, and we'll be back Monday uh, to build up for the for the for the Munster Championship. So when I heard that, I rang a good buddy of mine in London, Jerry Rochford, to see if he could source a ticket for the Champions League final. And um, he got onto a good mate of his, Dennis Diggins, who got me tickets. Uh, and I said, Jesus, the hotels are tight out there, like you know. And he said, Oh, look, he said, We've got two, we, we booked rooms after the first semi final, uh, after the one nil win against Barcelona at the bridge. We booked the tickets, so I said, He said, Look, we have a bed for you and all. I said, So I said, All I have to get so is the is the is the plane journey over. And, uh, Hillary booked that for me, uh, on the Tuesday, and I, w- I, I was set and I went up to Jack after training on Friday and said, Jack, I'm going to Munich for the for the Champions League final tomorrow, like yeah. I'd be, I'm flying over Saturday and I'd be back Sunday morning. And um, era, I'd say it was probably more. I wasn't going great. Same, the same time. Right. Honest, yeah, my my yeah. farm wasn't wasn't scintillating uh, that year, and um, I think he kind of used that against me, and he kind of he kind of laid down the law that I couldn't go, and if I was to go, that I'd be dropped. Uh, and looking back at it, no, maybe he wanted to drop me anyway. Um, but I, I I said to him, I said, look, I can't. I I, I can't not go. I have tickets like they're hard. They're hard. And, yeah. You know, Chelsea mightn't be in one oh, yeah. again. You know what I mean? So I was, uh, I was full in, full on and going. And I remember getting over there. I remember, go- I remember Jack ringing me when I landed in Germany. And of course, I knew the foreign ringtone would come true. And I, I, I just didn't want to despoil my weekend. So I just put the phone in the pocket. And I yeah, yeah, and yeah. five minutes later, it rang again. And I said, "Oh, geez, don't say he's ringing again." And it was Gooch, and Gooch was captain that year. And uh, Gooch just said, uh, "You're not in Germany, are you?" And I said, I am. He goes, oh, fuck. He said, you're going to be dropping over the weekend. I said, if he's going to drop me for going over. I said, I said, I, I was I, I was an hour and a half in a plane. I said, Paul Galvin uh, drove three three hours this weekend up somewhere. I said, I, I tried to equate that we were yeah. both doing the same thing. But the fact that I was leaving the country was was seen as as uh, as a bigger issue. And I got dropped and I was coming on. And the week after I, I was coming on, we weren't playing that great against Tipperary. And we were only two points up with like 15 minutes to go. And Jack called me to come on. And uh, I was getting ready to go on. I was standing next to him. He was putting the arm around me. And I want you to do this. And I was half happy that we were under pressure a small bit that he had to go to me because I thought he might let me rot on the bench for the for the full game. And, and I think the fella from... from he jumped up behind us right in the front row in Simple Stadium and just shouted in our ears, go on, Drogba. And uh, 
when he said it, I just turned to Jack and Jack just turned to me. We both let out a laugh and thankfully the board went up and I just ran as quick as I could onto the pitch. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was the Champions League. Yeah, I got a bit of bother for going for it, but yeah. it was worth it. What a night it was. Oh, yeah. I remember, sure, as Chad's fan, it was a great night. Um, and also, the other thing is, you've Usain Bolt in your profile picture. I got to ask, how did that come about like? Yeah, we, we, were, we, were, we were lucky. Yeah, Mick Galway has a, has a big travel agency. He brings people all over the world with rugby tours. And he's um, he always manages to get the Kerry holidays after after we've a, a decent enough year. Um, uh, he's got a good in there, been, been a legendary Kerry man. And uh, he, he said, we're, we're going to meet in Bolt. And there was a few people who didn't believe that he could that he, that he was going to pull this off. Or was yeah. going to, and, and believe me, some people actually didn't go to see him. And... Uh, we went up to in Jamaica. We were in Jamaica on holidays, and Digicel were 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 a sponsor of his, and they were running something. There was an Irish guy involved with them, and we thought it'd be this thing that you might he might come down the line, and we'd get to see him or say hello, or he might walk past or something. Because we travelled two hours up into the mountains to see him. But Jesus, we had an hour with him. He was he was he was kicking. He, we didn't have any footballs, but he was kicking a basketball, and he was. He was flicking it up off the ground and we were teaching him hand passes and he put on a Kerry jersey. He took photos of everybody. Really remarkable how um, how much time he gave us and how, and how good he was to us out there. And, uh, yeah, I, think and there's uh, a, I, I think there's a video on YouTube as well, is there? I might have seen a video somewhere. Yeah, there could have been a video yeah. of him maybe flicking up the ball because that was we, we couldn't believe that he got that that quick. It's I, I, I was playing, I'm playing 38 years and I can still barely flick it up off the ground. So yeah. um, for, for a fella to get it to get it come across it and get it that quick was uh was amazing. But uh no, he was really good with his time and he was uh he was brilliant to us and we got some great photos and we all did the pose with him so afterwards. And yeah. uh, he was uh, uh he was a, he was he was a real you could tell he was a real good character and you see him there interacting with kids that are that are holding these tracksuits and stuff at races and Tell that that's not put on. That's just the guy he is, and you know he's probably obviously the greatest athlete that's ever lived. I would say, yeah. and, and it was lovely to have that time with him. And we had a meal afterwards with him, and Darren Sullivan was captain. Darren was sitting next to him, and I was just happened to be next to Darren. And yeah, it was it, Darren got up and made a speech, and I went leant over, and that's the photo that we got. I was I was chatting away at him there, but uh, a really really good down to earth guy. All right. Um, I suppose I have to ask you about the story that everyone's talking about this week is uh, Dublin um, training. Like uh, I saw Colin Cooper, I, he was on RT Sport over the weekend commenting about it. And I suppose, not to try to get a headline out of you, Kieran, but like, I suppose, what's your two cents on the whole thing? Uh, I, it's uh, the, the whole thing, the GA, I think the lack of not knowing when we're going to be playing is a factor. And, you know, I would nearly turn it on, on, on the side of that, you know, if the GA gave the intercounty teams uh, time to prepare, um, you know, and said, listen, you know, you can go back training in the 19th, but we're going to we're going to give you a proper preseason here. We're going to give you because intercounty teams are going to have to play a lot of games in, in a row here, you know, to get league games and get championship and get all this wrapped up pretty quickly. So. I think there's a fear among GA teams of guys getting back out there and picking up loads of injuries and team being decimated through injuries. So I think, you know, some light on, on when these games are going to go ahead and, and giving teams time to prepare would have been would have been wise from the GA yeah. field or even the GPA to step in and say for player welfare here, you know, we want six weeks. And I think if teams had that, I don't think this issue would have ever arise. So I, I, I would nearly put it back more to, you know, making sure that 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 these players and these guys that have done all this individual training over the last four months 
um, that they have time to, it's fine to do individual training, Neville, and to run and to, 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 to know when you have to twist and to know when you're going to turn. But, but, but where injuries and, and, and people get hurt come along is, is when you're reacting to stuff and, and players haven't reacted in, in, in four or five months at this stage. So um, that'd be more a concern of mine is, is, is having clarity of the fixtures and, and giving people time to, to, to get right for them. Yeah. Uh, looking ahead to the championship, I suppose, I think, Kieran, um, like, like everyone talks about Dublin that they did six in a row now and that it could go on to be eight or nine. Uh, do you think Carrier, like Carrier, surely coming, like they got good footballers to name David Clifford, but a few. Uh, how do you think Carrier will fare this year? And do you think, do you think Dublin are a problem now for the GA? Like, I'll just give an example. Offaly, right? They were always a great GA county, you know, in both hurling and Gaelic football. Like, you'll never see the likes of Offaly again because you have to have money to compete now, you know? Yeah, um, speaking of Athlete, I saw that they've done great fundraiser there and Michael Dignan, you know, seems like a guy that's really tuned into that and, and realises that we have to tap into the people of Offaly here and, you know, you see all this during this pandemic, actually, people raising money for, for their counties and their clubs. People are unbelievably giving in these times, which is amazing because you think with such uncertainty that people would actually be holding back, but people will... I think now how important GA teams, clubs, both clubs and county are so important to the to how we function as as sports people in the country, how we how we enjoy to sit down on a Sunday and watch a big championship game. Uh, people just see us tagging out there and running, but what they don't realise is obviously the cost and everything that goes into the back of it. And you know, there's obviously a bigger topic around possibly looking at at, at pooling you know, finances together and having a general pot that the GEA then split out to everybody to, to at least give everybody a, a player a fair playing field that um you know that that one crowd have the same use of physios as another team rather than geez we can't be physios because the physio bill is through the roof and we won't be able to pay it. So you know there's probably more around around uh, a general approach there to to and look that's going to have to probably come as you say in time we we, we want offlies uh back in the mix and we and we want these teams just being able to you know offly would have came with a great team uh uh in the 70s and 80s and and, and again you know in the 90s they did a team that came along for a few years but it's it's not like they were never present and no team is an ever present and team comes, all teams come in cycles and waves of, of bunches of talent that come through because no matter what training you do, no matter how much money you have, Neville, you can pour all the money in, in the world. If you don't have the players, you're still not going to win games. So it's, it's, it's all about underage development. It's about nurturing players. It's about keeping players uh, on that path. And what we have to be very careful about is that players from these so-called uh, weaker or, or weaker counties that they are looking uh, at games on the weekend and I think we'll see a bit of that now and that's why I was a fan of of these tiered structures is you want kids going to games and you want to you want them to see their county winning you want to see them their county playing well you don't want to see you don't want to be going sport their county and seeing them getting beaten by Dublin by 28 points you know that's that's not going to inspire any youngster from 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 a county to say I want I want to do that. Nobody wants to do that. So, I think having more teams um, of, of similar similar um, uh, abilities playing against each other, uh, kids don't know any difference. They see their team playing and they see their team winning and they see their team going to Crow Park and, and getting a chance to play in a final. Uh, it might not be the Sam Maguire, but if you can win that competition, yes, you're in the Sam Maguire the following year, and it's even a bigger deal for that 
county. So I would say that 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 you know there's there's a whole there's a whole lot back to it rather than just looking at it in simple black and white terms. Yeah. No. And do you think? Um, I suppose I was delighted being a Cork man that well I'm half Kerry as well that we got you in the hop in Packy Cueve uh, a few months ago. <laughs> but like I I honestly I suppose Kerry are the closest team to run Dublin this year. Do you think they can? Close the gap and finally lift the Sam Maguire over Dublin. Uh they 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 have a good bit of work to do going on what we saw last year, but they certainly have the ability. And I know from players in the camp um, that 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 it's a major focus point for them to obviously win a Sam Maguire. When you tag out and carry and you put on the carry jersey, there's nothing less expected. It doesn't matter where you are, what you've done the year before. When that new season rolls around, people in Kerry are expecting a few trips to Crow Park and and and, and a crack at in All Ireland. And um, you know they've they've every ability. If you look at the final into into all the nineteen, and you know Kerry should have won that first day. <laughs> Dublin didn't have the greatest day out of the office, but that happens teams on occasions. They've done that to Mayo a few times, and they got away with it as well. Um, and when I say got away with it, they have always managed, in fairness to them, when they haven't played great, to dig it out and and stay alive. Uh, whether they win the game or get a draw, uh, they've never been beaten in a replay. Uh, it, it, under this current regime of players so they obviously take great learnings you know I, I witnessed with Sky Sports last year I witnessed their their analysis team I, I went down underneath the stand in Omar Park when they were playing Westmead and there were six guys in laptops down there you know there's there's serious yeah. uh, information going back into the dressing room there at halftime you know in big games I would say because you look at their second half you look at how they readdress issues I remember in 16, we went in five points up at halftime. They had it whittled away in, in the first 12 minutes of the second half. So they are they are a top-class bunch of players. They are backed by, 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 by finance. They do have, you know, probably the best backroom team in the country. Um, so they have an awful lot going for them, and, and they'll be hard beat. But, but Kerry will, will, will look at that and always, always fancy a crack off them and, and, and a go off them. But, you know, we can't say anything until somebody comes along and actually beats them. I was listening, talk about your own years with Kerry then. I was listening to you on Off the Ball there, I think a few months ago, and I don't know who you were, you were talking to someone from the Tyrone team. And I could be wrong now, but did did you say Tyrone were the team of the Nauties? But I, looking at Kerry, he got the six All-Irelands in a row in in the Nauties, like, which was like, like everyone goes on about the team in the 80s with Pat Spillane that they won, or they won four in a row, nearly one to five. But what you did was pretty incredible in the Nauties too. Like you know, um, t- tell me about those battles you had with Tyrone and those big games. Yeah, I think I, you know, I think there was it, it was it was two thousand, it was two thousand, two thousand and four, two thousand and five, two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. Uh, yeah, we got the seven finals in seven. In, in, in in that in them years, uh, and you know. We 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 won four of them, and and that 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 Tyrone that Tyrone team um, that came along that that beat us in 05 and and 08 in, in those finals, they were uh, and you know the point I made with, with Ryan McManaman is is they beat us in those two days. I I, I don't believe that I said that they were the team of the, of the Naughties. I would have always right. argued that I might have been trying to soften up Ryan maybe uh, a small bit that time but it was uh, I believe we were that team but it's hard to say it when they when they beat us in two finals you know we got yeah. two cracks at them and they beat us in both of them so you know if you were to look at the overall decade yes if you're looking to if you're going to look at a head to head they beat us three times out of so it, 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 it but they never came back the following year to defend it 
they never they, they never gave us the chance of of revenge more more often. Um, they came along and won it, and and then and then didn't back it up the year before, the year afterwards. We we did in 06 and and uh, and and 07. So it was um it was a great decade. It was a great decade where you know football slightly started to turn from the pure Kerry team of, of 2000 with Morris Fitz and mine yeah. to all of a sudden this this northern um uh influence that had been really strong with two absolutely fantastic teams out of out of Armagh and Tyrone and if any team in that decade were probably unlucky it was probably that Armagh team they had a similar experience where they were actually beating Tyrone in Ulster finals um and then having to to, to lose to them in, in all Ireland finals and all Ireland semi-finals further down the line. So they were probably even more unlucky than us. We still we still got to play our seven finals and we still fellas still got five medals out of out of that time. Um, but they were beating them two times by Tyrone in, in, in 05 and 08. But it was it was it was a great thing to be a part of. I was lucky to be a part of two great rival great rivalries that you know you could say that the teams were were so evenly matched and uh and and had such a hope and the Dublin team in the following decade that 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 beat us in two finals on in, in 11 and 15. You know, them, them, them two, they're my four final defeats uh out of my eight finals, them, them, them four and two great teams that were, you know, that are going to be looked upon in 50 years as as some of the greatest players of all time and, and the greatest teams of all time. So you know, we, we we went toe to toe and came up short, but we, we we came out on top of, of many other battles as well. So it was it was a great decade to be to be involved in football. Who's the best player you played with? Well, I, I know who that's going to be, but who's the best player you played against? Can you tell us? I I look obviously I you know personally I had loads of, of 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 very good battles, but I always felt that the defensive systems. Were, 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 were the hardest for us carry forwards to break down and I would say the Tyrone defensive system in, in 08 where they brought the two McMahons back and they'd Garmley sitting back from centre back they'd Ryan McMahon and Philip Jordan Davy Hart just was, an outstanding backs that was the game with the Twin Towers was it Joseph and Tommy Walsh yeah, yeah. yeah exactly that was that was that wasn't as much a one-on-one battle as was made out to be. I think Justin and Joe had a very clear directive that day. When this ball comes in, all you have to do is just don't let the two boys catch it. But what, what people fail to recognise is every time they broke it, they had a Ryan McManaman and a Philip Jordan. These guys were out the field. They were, they were looking at our players on the ball. And as soon as our players looked like they were going to kick it, they were heading for us. Uh, knowing, no, knowing that the build-up and the training for the weeks before was just break it, break it, break it. So they, every time that that ball was broken for us, in, in, in other games in those years, it was a carry man that would come on to and pop it over the bar or go through on goal. But whatever, in, in, in that game, it was it was a Tyrone guy every time. They just, you know, they just, they figured that much of it out. And even though, we, we 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 adapted in the second half and and we, we took the lead with about fifteen minutes to go. Um, Gooch got a lovely point uh, off a, a sharp free play one two myself and kicked the lovely score to put us up. But they they had huge momentum scores that day. Sean Cavanagh kicked a massive score and and Brian Doer kicked a massive score. So that defensive system of Tyrone was extremely hard to to, to navigate because they had the they had the physical strength. They were quick. They had a real edge about them. Uh, and also they had the verbals, you know, non-stop. So they had the perfect kind of matchup 
And then you 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 accompany that with with this current Dublin team, which have a lot of those same qualities. Um, and and you know you, you have your James McCarthy's and your Johnny Coopers and your Jack McCaffrey's and you know they had a similar type of thing where they really defended as a unit and uh, that was the toughest thing to break down and look I was lucky enough to play w- w- with a lot of great players and you know a lot of them are, are fantastic for different reasons whether whether Gooch being you know the the, the most skillful player to probably pick up a ball uh, and you had. You know, Darrow Shea in the middle of the field, and then Seamus Mine and Marco Shea and Tomas Shea and all these guys, and, and Paul Galvin, uh, Darren O'Sullivan, probably the quickest player I ever played with. But, you know, for an all rounder, probably Declan Sullivan would probably be the guy right. that would, yeah, that yeah. would, um, that could just do, he could do everything, he could do any, he could do anything and everything. You could put him in full forward, you could play him at wing back, you could have played him at corner back, you could have played him, you know, probably anywhere bar the middle of the field. And you know what? He played a few games with Drummond, he's come out there too, and he was, he was fairly handy, so it yeah. was it was his height probably would have caught him in, in the county level. But just a guy that just had it all, and and that leadership and that mental toughness and fortitude, and he was he was a a, a real real uh, lucky lucky to lucky to have him as a teammate. Really, I was. Before I move on from Kerry, uh, Kieran, just kind of three questions, I suppose. The underdogs, just give us a mention in that. I I know you probably. Give a lot of credit for that for getting into Kerry and uh, what's the story with the Super Bowl rings as well? I heard a rumor about that and um, and I suppose Kerry in a nutshell. Like I suppose you got a lot out of Kerry and you enjoyed your time with playing inter county. Oh, listen, um, me more so than any probably other of, the, of that that gen, that generation team that I was on when I first came onto the scene. Um, most of those guys would have figured out pretty early on that they were they had a good chance of being a Kerry player, whereas I was kind of ended up being a Kerry player by accident almost. Um, Did you take up football late? Like, was basketball your first love? Basketball was my first love, and I played football. I played football. I was good at football when I was younger, and then when I when I started falling in love with the basketball, I I I just. I went through a phase where I could be out the back for three or four hours a night. You know, I could shoot five or six hundred shots a night, and. Um, I just became kind of, I just loved it. It was a getaway. There was hassle going on at home. <coughs> so it was my getaway to go and um, and get out and play basketball and just get away from everything. And I found it great to practice by myself. You know, you shoot the ball, it's going to come back to you. If you score, it's going to come back to you. If you miss, you just have to go 10 feet and get it. Whereas when you're kicking at the post or yeah. you have a hurley and, and you're and you're pucking a slitter, you, you have to do a lot of running to go and get that ball back. Now I know the slitters, you can carry a bag it in probably easier, but... Um, it, it was there was great repetitiveness in, in, and I could see myself getting better and I started tracking my shots which is something that I encourage kids at my basketball camps nowadays in any sport that they play any of your listeners that are listening in if they want to get better at something to, to track your shots so if you're going to go down to the pitch and go to the effort of taking 50 kicks a day mark out your spots and say if you've got 4 from 5 from there you've got 5 from 5 uh, six or five from five again and then you're one from five over here because you're on your bad leg and then you're one so it, it gives you an idea of where you're good it gives you an idea of where you're strong but what you do or where you where you're weak and what but what you do is when you track it over a number of weeks you start to break it down afterwards and you start to see where where am I good where am I bad where's areas I can improve on and 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 more importantly, you see your numbers going up because if you've gone down and gone to the effort of, of doing the kicks every day throughout the summer, we'll say, if you're doing kicks every day, 
you'll go, you'll, you'll take your first set of numbers that you have from your first day and you'll couple them with three months later in the set of numbers. It, it, there's no secret, there's no, there's no trick to it. You will see your numbers getting better. They have yeah. to get better because you're kicking more. That's just the way it goes. But if you go down there every day and take 50 kicks, but you don't know what you're getting out of them, there's no uh, joy. You can't get the joy in seeing yourself getting better. So I think when you see yourself getting better, that's where you start knowing actually all this hard work is paying off. So I'm always telling youngsters on, on whatever sport, whether it's basketball or football, and I brought a guy over, he coached in the NBA. Uh, he's a guy called Dave Hopla. He's, if you look him up on YouTube, he's one of the best shooter, shooters in the world of, ba- of basketball. He's got world records in making three-pointers in a minute with one passer and one ball. Um, uh, he took 277 shots at my basketball camp and he made 268. So he missed five shots. And, yeah. you know, they were all free throws and three-pointers, free throws and three-pointers. And, uh, you know, you look, you, 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 the kids were just sitting there and gobsmacked uh, by, by this level of shooting. But what he said to them is... is he was doing, you know, he doubled down on what I've been saying the last few years. And he said, listen, you've got to track your shots. And he pulled out, he's got a bag of diaries at home that he's kept all his life. And if you give him a day of the week, if you say, where were you on, on April 7th, 2007, he's able to go back to his books. He has it diarized. Able to open up, he'll able to tell you where he was April 7th, what his shooting numbers were. Now that's extreme. But, but, but the point that I was trying to get him across and trying to get him to cross to the kids when he came over here from the States to me, is he really, and I still have kids now from those camps that send me their numbers and you can see them all getting better. So it's 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 a good trick. So I, I definitely learned that from the basketball and that's why I fell in love with it. And I gave up football for a few years because I was struggling and I wasn't enjoying it. And then I went back in from playing junior C football with the club. And um, that's where I started enjoying football again. And the following year, I was a Kerry minor. And two years later, I was a Kerry under 21. And then I was called into the Kerry senior panel in 04. And I was on the panel for the quarterfinal and semifinal. I got dropped for the final. And then that Christmas, the underdogs thing was on. And they had a number of midfielders that did did bad injuries and were kind of injured. and So then I was called in with Pierce O'Neill from Cork, who you you know well. Uh, And myself and Pierce went in and we gelled and we formed a partnership in the middle of the field. And we went on to beat Kerry in that game. And I was went on to have a, a solid outing and, and got called into the Kerry team and, and was there for the next 15 years after it. Yeah, Pierce O'Neill was a fine player too. And I suppose just, oh, yeah. To, yeah, just to ask you about basketball then, finally, Kieran, is um, I suppose you were glued to the last dance. It's probably one of the best documentaries I ever watched. Um, but like basketball in Ireland, do you ever, are you still involved in it now? Like, you know, and like, yeah. And are you, is there, there's a European league? Is there, because I know the Spanish are massive into basketball. Like, where does Ireland stand in basketball and how does it fare? Yeah, so so Ireland competing what's called the small nations. So it's kind of it's outside of the of the big Lithuania, where Lithuania basketball is a national sport. The players are paid millions to play. Right. Uh, likewise, in Spain and Greece, Olympiakos and Panathinaikos are as big at basketball as they are at, at soccer. Um, so it's it's there's a huge European league here. It's a different style to what we see in the NBA. It'd be much more fundamental. Um, but we have lots of guys, you know, even a guy, Keno Sullivan, that we signed with Tralee this year, and he's a Tralee kid. He went to college. He's seven foot two. He went to college. There's great opportunities for kids now, Neville, in basketball in Ireland because, you know, America's wide open to them. I got a scholarship to America in, in 2001, uh, 2002, to go to New Mexico State as, as a red shirt, or there was other opportunities in Loyola and Chicago as well for me. Um, but it just... 
it wasn't done that much. It was the real, a few elite players in Ireland would have gone and been successful. For me, it was like, it was, it was daunting. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have FaceTime. We didn't have WhatsApp. Going to New Mexico State was like going to the moon from, yeah. from, in my eyes. Um, I went and tried out in Chicago. Uh, and even that was so far away and we were ringing home in the phones and, and, and somebody had to be at home to answer the phone and, and all that kind of thing. So, but nowadays for the kids, it's such an opportunity for them to go to the States um, and play. Um, I'd like to see more done with the game in Ireland. I think it needs more investment from the government. I think, I think you know, Basketball Ireland needs to do more in, in, in terms of getting sponsors in. We need to try and get it on TV. Uh, the league is really competitive in Ireland and it's good. We get players coming over from America. Um, our Irish teams are getting bigger. The, the youngsters that are coming through in the country are more athletic now. They're, you know, they're being coached at a seriously high level. So, you know, we've, we've got players that we can go compete down the line. And I certainly see Ireland down the road becoming uh, much stronger at that level. Um, but it, it needs investment. It needs, it needs, it's the biggest indoor sport in Ireland that we're not getting... Um, we're not getting the love from, from the government. We're not getting buy-in. Our facilities aren't good enough um, uh, to compete with that level. Uh, schools don't have the equipment to get kids to, 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 to the next level. And you only see it when you go to America. Like when I walked into Loyola University in Chicago, I, 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 I'd never seen anything like it in my life. This, yeah. place, this, building, this building had eight courts in it. Uh, and when they pulled out all the seats, it could fit 8,000 people. And it had a main court in the middle. And it was, it was just... Um, I just couldn't I couldn't get over the size of the place and um, obviously we, we don't have anything like that but it's the number one indoor sport that's in Ireland it's so accessible for kids um, there's no cost heavy cost to it you need to you know if you want your kid to be good at it you need to buy him a basketball for 10 euros they can go away and become great at, at something like that you know so I think there needs to be more investment as an indoor sport because you know <coughs> why we're so busy with these pitches is because we get a lot of rain in Ireland. So yeah. having an indoor sport that, 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 that would be marketable. You know, I remember back in, in, in the, in the 80s and 90s, level watching, um, watching basketball at sports stadium, like at three o'clock on the Saturday, it wasn't the English Premier and it was, it was Neptune versus New Demons. And I know you must have heard of those great days in the parochial hall in Neptune well, Stadium. Well, yeah, I've often gone to Neptune to watch a game. And to be fair, one of the sports, one of the, well, I suppose the American sports I would watch, I'd sit back and watch basketball the whole time, but baseball and the others wreck my head. But on a, yeah. flip, on a flip side of that, though, Kieran, like we got so, like you look at how bad we are at soccer at the moment, like, you know, is, do you think there's room for basketball, like, you know, when, there's so, when we're good at so many other sports? Yeah, I, I I really do because it's 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 the number one indoor sport. So we've got all these field sports yeah. during during the winter. These field sports become you know a lot of them. Good point. Know, yeah. the, the, comp the competition stop. You know, so you know basketball and and what's so great about basketball and I think what what people are missing in the country and, and the government is how transferable it is to all the other games, whether it be rugby, hurling, football, well, soccer. Well, spatial you could, awareness. You could see that in your football. Yeah, spatial yeah. awareness, visualization, and more so, more than any other sport, decision making is so important in basketball. In a basketball game, if you were to be put sensors on someone's head, they probably make they could make a thousand decisions a game. Am I passing this ball? Do I bounce this ball? Do I go for this rebound? Am I going back in defense? Who am I marking? What's left in the clock? What's the score? This these are all decisions that have been made because the game is so fast. That that that's why you 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 generally see with the with the with the basketballers that make it to football, your Jason Sherlock's, your Lean McHale's, 
you know, your 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 Michael Darren McCauley's, you know, we your Mike Quirks, we, we might be the most skillful or or look the most um classy on the ball. Now J.O. was obviously sensational, but he was unbelievable every sport he played. But what 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 was clearly evident in all those guys was our decision making on the pitch. And our decision making and, and lack of making mistakes came from us being so used to making decisions in high pressure situ- situations. Uh, you you all, you often see it in the rugby. I know New Zealand loves to promote the basketball now with the rugby with the rugby kids that they play with the basketball because of the the hands and the offloading and seeing and all this. So that's a further point why why we should be putting more into it. Well, I, I played rugby with one or two lads that played basketball, and you could see that they had a bit extra because of the basketball. But um, finally, finally, Kieran, I suppose, what's next then? Like, you know, like I always think big sports stars like yourself, you played in front of 80,000 at Crow Park. Like, there must be a massive come down from that. Like, you know, like I, I see you're doing a bit with Sky Sports and off the ball, but and you're obviously involved with PST. But like, what's next now? And I suppose family is number one for you now, is it? Family is number one. Yeah, I'm, I'm involved. I'm a selector with the AMA senior team this year with uh, Kieran McGinney. So that'll 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 kick in now in the next few weeks. Um, how does how does a fella from Kerry end up watching our mad? <laughs> well, K- Kieran McGinney is is married to a Kerry woman, and right. uh, uh, um, and uh, the Rahalis up in Ballymac, and uh, I know her brother very well. Uh, her two brothers actually. I played basketball with Frank and Rory. Rahali was was is the main kind of basketball guy in my old school in the green who I've helped out a small bit w- with the program down there, um, and Kieran was involved with me uh, as a player in six international rules and he was a selector in two thousand eleven and we would have met numerous times over the last number of years and and got, got chatting about sport and football etc and um, and yeah so he approached me about getting involved and yeah. um, I saw it as a as a I, I work with PST in Dublin on the Thursday and Friday. So I'll be able to get up to the Thursday night session uh, from Dublin. It's only an hour up the road and um, uh, look to get up then for the stay up there on Friday and do the Saturday morning session as well. So it, it's not, a, it's not, I'm obviously not driving up and down from Kerry for it, but it's, it's something that was a huge opportunity for me to learn off of somebody like that. And also with the, with the amount of um, exciting talent that they've come through and they've climbed three divisions in the last number of years. And uh they have an exciting young team and, and yeah, just looking forward to getting to work with them. So that will be, uh, will, will become a major focus for me over the next number of months. Um, and then, and then after that, I'll be back with my, with my club football, with, with the Aston Stacks for uh, another season with the Stacks. Uh, and I'll have the basketball hopefully kicking off next, next October. So don't worry. Um, the carry, the journey might be over, but it, it's far from taking it easy. I, 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 I boundless energy. My dad, my dad, God rest his soul, had great energy and um, had had kind of you know unbounded energy to do to do stuff. And my mom's the same, you know. They 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 would have been people that would have never kind of I would have never seen them sitting down any of them. Um, so thankfully, I I have got, obviously gotten that off of them and um, and 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 enjoy being busy. Uh, enjoy being busy with work. Um, uh, and obviously looking, you know, why I still might be playing. I know my playing days are numbered. So obviously trying to, to upskill myself uh, on the coaching and, and, and management side and, and none better to get to work with, with Kieran and that going forward. So uh, it's 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 exciting times ahead for me, but uh, busy times, obviously. Um, but as I said earlier on, um, having having my mom uh, close by the house and 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 
mad to help out because she obviously loves the girls. Yeah. Um, uh, that'll be, that that makes everything a bit easier for me. All right. Well, look, finally, Kieran, I finish with, do, do this with all my guests, uh, 60 seconds where I throw questions at you. and you oh, you've, never taught, you've never told me this. <laughs> well, <laughs> set up, I have you on the spot now, you have to do it. <laughs> I hate you, I hate you on the spot ones. Yeah, right. Uh, right. Favourite thing to do on your day off? Uh, go to the beach. Favourite film? Glory Road. Go to karaoke song. Oh, <laughs> anything by Christy Moore. Right, hoodie or windbreaker? A hoodie. Win the World Cup or win the Masters? World Cup in what? It's for soccer. What's that? Uh, the Masters. Uh, favorite golf course? Oh, Augusta by a mile. Favorite holiday? Uh, the Atlantis Resort in the Bahamas and Miami. Who would play you in a movie? Uh, um, my uncle always says I remind him of a, of a white Will Smith, so maybe him. Right. Uh, biggest fear? Um, failure. Um, what's your weakness? Maybe, maybe worrying too much about other things. Craziest thing you've ever done? Uh, I jumped off a cliff in Jamaica with Paul Galvin. I think it was, I don't know, it was like 10 meters or something, jumping down into the into uh, water. But the crazier guy was actually Paul who jumped off, who told the guy at the top of the thing that he couldn't swim to throw the life by off down in front of him so he could right. jump down, kind of have something to grab onto. Fair, and finally, your favorite chocolate bear. My favourite chocolate bar, plain dairy milk. All right. Kieran, thanks a million for that. And I wish you all the best with Arma and best of luck in whatever else comes along. And, and thanks a million for doing that, Kieran. No hassle, it'll be safe. By, uh, mind yourself in this, in this current situation. And thanks for listening. And thanks again to former Kerry footballer Kieran Donaghy. I must say, I really enjoyed that, as I do all my guests. Remember, you can get this on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. These podcasts are out every Wednesday, well, roughly every Wednesday. Join me again next week where I'll be interviewing someone else from the world of sport. And thanks again to McCarthy's Interiors, they're based in Ballincollig Shopping Centre and Douglas Court. Make sure to check them out on Facebook and Instagram for more great offers. I'm Neville O'Donoghue and I'm out of here.